You are now listening to the Primal Armor Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Executive Fit LLC. They build custom deadlift platforms, custom barbell storage pieces, and make indoor and outdoor signage for your home or corporate gym. Every platform that pairs with a rack is customized to that specific rack, so everything fits nice and clean. And they ship nationwide. Each platform has a logo applied in a way that makes it impossible to peel up from wear and tear. They even make custom nameplates for your squat rack. Visit executivefitllc.com to request a quote and see what's available on their store. That's executivefitllc.com to upgrade your deadlift game today. Welcome to episode 51 of the Primal Armor Podcast. As you just heard, this episode is sponsored by Executive Fit. Lucky for us, this week's guest is Nate Woods, the man behind the brand. We've been in contact ever since he reached out to me earlier this year to do some work for my personal gym, and it led to us partnering together and him becoming a big part of this podcast. I'm very excited to bring him on as a guest this week and to learn a little bit more about him and his business along with you guys. So let's get into the show and hear what Nate has to say. So I see that you used to train people back in the day. So that's what you kind of did with Executive Fit when it first started? Yeah, so back in, it was 2014, um, was kind of the year that I had started getting into the fitness industry. I wanted to be a personal trainer, so I spent time, spent about three or four years or so um, learning about that, learning as much as I could about fitness and personal training, and um, it was a side hustle at the time, and so the the whole plan from the beginning was I've always wanted to own my own business and do my own thing, um, but I had one child uh Mm. when i started personal training and didn't feel comfortable just like making the jump i didn't want to take a loan out to like be able to pay the bills so i started out started out personal training as a side hustle um and wanted to find something that gave me a little bit more fulfillment in life than working in the automotive industry had and i thought that helping people in that way um in the fitness sense would give me that feeling of fulfillment and it did in the beginning it was cool it made a little bit of coin and you know it was fun and uh but then over time it just became like it became this like tedious task that i had to do after work so it just felt like i was constantly working yeah. i'm working and then i'm coming home and i'm working and i'm naturally an introverted person so having to be a very personal person with people whose relationship I have with them really only comes down to, they just want to get in shape. They weren't passionate about fitness. Um, it was difficult for me mentally and it drained me mentally. Um, and so that's kind of how it all started, um, personal training. And I had created an LLC called executive fit because I didn't want my name attached to something. I didn't want it to be like Nate Woods fit or Nate Woods personal training because I wanted to eventually be able to step away from it. Um, Or if that opportunity had ever presented itself, that was kind of the long-term plan was to be able to step away from it and not have my name attached to the name of the business. Yeah, I I get that. So you also started a podcast too from that. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So that was a avenue in the personal training to kind of build uh, credibility, I guess you could say, for myself. Um, having the podcast and kind of putting out information that I knew and experiences that I had as a way to build, like I said, credibility for myself, but also like as a potential other revenue source, uh, as you know, podcasts Mm -hmm. are like huge now. And, um, I mean, shit, I do more listening than I do actually reading and podcasts are a big part of that. So that was kind of where my head was starting the podcast. Um, and it went good for a while. I forget how many episodes that we had done, but yeah, it was over, it was over 80 episodes from what I saw. Was it? Yeah. Was it? So we had expanded from originally it was me and my sister and the, her boyfriend at the time, we all got together and tried to do like an episode a week or every other week, I think. And then there were some other ones where I did it by myself. I think the podcast actually started from the idea that, I had called it drive with Woody fit. It was Mm -hmm. a podcast that I was going to record while I was driving to and from work. Um, And it just kind of evolved from there into actual sit down meetings with people. And um, we did a couple interviews over the phone with some people. And uh, then things kind of fell off the wagon. Uh, Life happened with my sister and her boyfriend and it just got, increasingly harder and harder to physically get together um and that was something that i was really big on was i wanted the quality the audio quality to be really good so i was big on like getting together and sitting down and actually physically recording all together into microphones you know to have good quality audio and it it got as i said it got harder and harder so we were like you know what let's just kind of go our separate ways and do our own thing And then I got together with a friend of mine down in Florida to continue the podcast kind of on the dad side, dad life side of things. Um, And it evolved into that. And then things got busier and busier at that point. I'm kind of mashing this whole timeline together. But by that point, I had already started building platforms and things had started to get busier and busier for me building platforms and it made less and less sense to block out time for the podcast because I had this growing side hustle on the the weightlifting platform side of things that needed my attention. It needed my time. And I was blocking out time to talk about dad life in an area that I really wasn't focusing on growing long-term. It was just kind of a for fun thing that we were doing at that point. And uh, I kind of had to recenter myself and just kind of go, okay, listen, you know, you're the whole purpose of doing this was to create a side hustle that was creating income that could eventually become a full-time job or a full-time career, a full-time business opportunity. And now I potentially have this full-time business opportunity in a different aspect of fitness And so I need to step away from the podcast. So very quickly there, um, the platform business grew and that kind of just squashed out the podcast altogether. But you're still doing way better than I was because like you said, you wanted to sit down and actually record with a microphone. I have this old iPhone five still, and this is what I record on until about two, two, three weeks ago. So, but even still, like the quality of the Primer Armor podcast from the episodes that I've listened to is still good. Like, it's not, 
because that was always my thing was like, I want the quality to be good. So people don't turn it on and go, ah, it's, it's choppy or it's like Mm -hmm. gritty and I don't want to listen to it, but even still like, and that's just an amazing Testament. I guess you could say to technology today is you can take a phone and record just in a small room through the air into a phone and the quality, the audio quality is good. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Just make sure you don't go back and watch some of the first episodes because those are <laughs> absolutely terrible. I didn't know anything about editing, but that's why there was such a long break there. Was I was starting a lot to make this podcast better. And then when we came back for mm-hmm. season two, I knew I wanted to get some sort of equipment. I just didn't know what. I had a buddy mm-hmm. at work that also podcasts, and I did a lot of equipment studying through him. But yeah, it was time to get rid of the iPhone 5. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Thanks. But let's go back to, you were saying that you named your business Executive Fit because Mm -hmm. you wanted to make sure you could step away from it one day and it wasn't tied to your name. But what actually made you decide that you wanted to call it Executive Fit? Um, I don't know. Executive, so my target audience when I was personal training was like higher end clientele. I wanted to train people who were moderately successful in, in their businesses um, or in life, whether they owned a business or whether they were just like a, a finance guy, you know, working in, in finance or whatever. Um, that was kind of my target audience. My target clientele was people who were already set up, kind of set up financially in life. Um, and when you think of at least from my perspective, when you think of a company or you think of like something high end, you think of an executive of a company and then fit obviously was short for fitness. So it just kind of made sense. Like that's who I want to train is people who, who, who got money. Right. And, you know, let's name the business executive fit because it's, it's a higher end, it's higher end service. Uh, it's for people, you know, who are well off, for the most part, financially, and uh, who need help in that that fitness arena. So that's kind of where the executive fit name came from. Um, to be completely honest with you, the reason it stayed executive fit when I pivoted from personal training to building weightlifting mm-hmm. platforms was because I did not want to deal with the paperwork of changing it to be something else. Um, right. I did not want to go. I didn't. I didn't, it was the personal training to me was a failure. Um, obviously because I don't do it anymore, which is perfect. Okay. It's how you learn. It's how you grow. And so I just wanted to take, it was like, well, the name is not being used anymore in that sense. So I'm just going to use it over here. Um, and you know, we went, I went through the process of changing the legal forms of the company of what we actually do and what, you know, what the state and federal government recognizes, I guess, of what the business does. Uh, but I just kept the name because I didn't feel like changing it. I didn't feel like rebranding uh, an Instagram page and a Facebook page right. and, and, you know, all of the, all of the monotony that goes along with that. So um, it just kind of stayed as this is what we're calling it. Yeah. I don't blame me there. And then how did you go out designing that logo? So I had reached out to a freelance designer. I believe it was through the website Fiverr. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can basically find anybody to do anything for you on that website. It's pretty cool. 
Um, but I had just found somebody on there and told her, you know, this is kind of the along the lines of what I'm looking for. Um, uh, patriotic type looking logo, you know, red, white, and blue is, is what I like. Um, I'm American and I take pride in being an American. So I want the logo to kind of reflect that. So that's kind of the reason for the Eagle. Um, and the, the kettlebell obviously, you know, was related to fitness at this Mm -hmm. point, it kind of has no relevance whatsoever, uh, in terms of like weightlifting platforms, other than the fact that kettlebells weigh something but yeah uh, i kind of started it kind of just was like find somebody on fiverr and the actually the very first logo this is this the, the logo that we have now is the second one the very first one was designed by my my youngest sibling uh she's an she was an artist she's a, a art major at temple university and uh, i just kind of told her i need a logo take this centerpiece which was like a guy holding up a barbell and run with it and she just did like whatever she wanted with it um and then it just kind of evolved over time it was like well Mm -hmm. i'm not really a big fan of this and so we changed it and just kind of like a preference type thing i feel like this feel like that so um yeah there's not much not much to behind really like where the logo came from or like like how it came into existence really mm-hmm. it was just kind of one of those things that was like find somebody who does this and let them know what i want i did the same thing with the intro and outro to the podcast i used that same website so oh really it, yeah it, it's pretty good because you can find just about anyone to do anything and at different yeah. price points too so it works out yeah it's interesting to see like some of the people on there and what they charge is like is like wow people actually pay this much for this and then other right. people are like do it for like you know 10 15 bucks i've had some designers do some work for me on there um when i'm just like too busy and some of the prices that they charge is like 10 10 bucks that's it and you're gonna convert this for me wow okay and uh so yeah you can find some some pretty reasonable prices for for just different services and whatnot yeah i know i needed like a quick little intro something better than just a usual templates that they have on the app that I use. So mm-hmm. I had someone create one for me. And then when you were looking through, scrolling through, it was like 500 bucks to have this professional do a 30 second little like podcast ad. I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> and then there was another guy who, um, it was like 20 bucks to do it. And I reached out to him. He wanted to do it. And then he also, at that point, it was like, you get two edits and that's like what you get for 20 bucks. And I think over the course of us working on it, we did five edits and he gave me an intro and an outro. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, you get a whole range of people on there, but that's a pretty yeah. cool place. If no one's it ever is. checked it out. Yeah, you definitely got to, if you need like graphic design work or like you said, you could find anything on there. I know. So what made you actually get away from training and start making deadlift platforms because i know you said that's ultimately what made you change to quit training but what actually made you start doing deadlift platforms yeah so i at the time when i started building platforms i was still training um and i wanted to put a platform in in my garage i was training clients out of my garage um i wanted to put a platform in and so i started reaching out to companies i did a quick google search and that brought up a plethora of results so i started reaching out to people and 
what I found was that companies either wanted an arm and a leg for something that was very basic, um, or they were too busy with big corporate installs to bother with somebody like me. Um, and I didn't appreciate that because, you know, I'm literally coming to you saying, take my money and you don't, you're not worth it. Right. 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 So, so that was kind of the turning point really, because I decided that I was going to build one and I used the skills that I had developed in the automotive refinishing industry to help me create the first platform. I printed out a big stencil, cut it out by hand, taped it all up, spray painted the logo, and then just cleared it. It was just very simple paint and clear uh, type design. Turned out better than I had expected. So I was like, you know what? Let me put this on Facebook Marketplace and see what happens. And that kept me busy for a year. Um, And during that year, um, I slowly started to step away from from uh, the personal training i had found that in the process of building that first platform it kind of gave me that fulfillment and kind of that itch that i was trying to scratch with personal training that i wasn't getting from personal training so uh, i figured well you know if this if building these platforms will scratch that itch for me then let me let me see let me see what happens and then over the course of that first year I just very slowly started cutting people off of the personal training. Uh, hey, you know, I'm getting really busy and, you know, I, I'm, we're not really working out. I, mm-hmm. I can't take you on anymore. I can re- give you a referral to somebody else who can help. But um, And just kind of started having those conversations with people just to free up my schedule so that I could invest more time and energy into building these platforms. And it very quickly got to the point where um, I started – just brainstorming about how can I take somebody's logo and put it into this piece of plywood or put it onto this piece of plywood. Um, And that was once during that brainstorming process was when I discovered the concept and the process of CNC machining and simultaneously at that same time discovered epoxy resin and kind of just put the two together. Uh, You know, Hey, I can cut this guy's logo into the wood and then fill that void back up with epoxy so that it's flat and looks cool. And, uh, just kind of went from there. Um, you know, and, and just kind of brainstorming into different, different colors and different methodologies and does paint work or does, does a colored mica powder work into the epoxy and, and, you know, um, basically over time that's evolved into this whole concept of the way that I do logos now is every color that you see is, is, is epoxy. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll start with a painted base depending on the customer's budget or whatnot. But, um, the majority of what you see is all epoxy resin and, um, it all just kind of started from, you know, Hey, I want a platform and, nobody's getting back to me or they want too much money. I'm going to do this myself. That's awesome. And I'll tell you what, I saw some of your first initial works like that Dragon Ball Z platform. Oh, that, yeah. that was pretty awesome. But I can tell just over time, the amount of detail you're putting in like that bison head that you've been working on lately, or even like mm-hmm. the rogue squadron platforms, mm-hmm. just the amount of detail that you're able to put in those with CNC and epoxy just blows my mind. And that's why as soon as I saw stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, I have to get the nameplate for my rack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's a little bit of, 
a different way of looking at logos now um, that you kind of develop over time from doing this is like, how, how do I look at that? You know, I look at that logo and okay, you know, you just kind of end up breaking it down into different sections and different layers um, to get that, uh, to achieve that look. And it's, it's interesting because there's not much, there's not many resources out there in terms of learning and education in mm-hmm. this department, there's a lot of people doing it and showing the process, especially on like Instagram and TikTok of all the river tables that people do. But yeah. there, there really was not, or really is not, too much education around, at least from what I've found, of doing epoxy inlays in material that I'm using for platforms. You know, particularly plywood, and it's a it's a different animal doing this in plywood versus doing it in like something like hardwood. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working because those things look sweet. Thank you, man. But going back to training real quick, about how Mm -hmm. many people were you training at your peak? So I can't remember exactly. It was probably eight or nine clients that I had right before I pulled the plug or started to pull the plugs. Um, And Part of the reason for pulling the plug was seeing the money coming in from platforms was way, way more than what I had ever made personal training. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I was still seeing personal training as um, I, I'm trading my time for money, right? So no matter no matter what, if I had 10 clients, I got to work 10 hours that week. Right. If I have nine clients, I got to work, you know, nine, at least nine hours that week. If I see them all once a week. So, um, I wanted to get away from that. I wanted to get away from trading my time for money. And I mean, that really the, and I, I talk a lot about money, uh, especially like when I tell my story, but the, the biggest driver for me, uh, was, was being able to be financially stable to, to the point where I could give my kids the life that I didn't have because I grew up without a father. And so that has always been like number one. And to me, the way to do that is to get to a point where I'm financially stable and I have the financial freedom to be able to say, you know what, I'm done for today. Let's go. I'm going to go play with the kids or I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them to go do this on a Tuesday because I can. Right. You know, and so um, I, I do like I talk that money is a, a kind of a big thing mm-hmm. um, in the, the whole story. But the, the reason for that has been so that I can invest that time with my kids when obviously when it's appropriate and when when I want to. Um, and then obviously, you know, with that, like you get so many other good things you can do. Right. But that's the thing. When you're running your own business, it, it's got to be about money. You got to make that the priority. Otherwise, the business isn't going to run. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, you can't as much as I'd like to do stuff for free for people when like something bad happens or, you know, I get a phone call. Of, hey, I had a I had a person in my gym do this. And, you know, as much as you want to, like. Just help people, you know, I mean, like I still got a roof over my head and kids. To yeah. Feed. yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, man, I can't even imagine training like upwards of 10 clients on top of a full-time job. It takes, it took a lot out of me. Like I had mentioned, I was, I would be done some nights and be like, I'm 
don't have the energy to do anything other than just lay here and stare at the ceiling. Like <laughs> I'm so mentally drained and being that I'm more of an introverted person. It was like, I was out of my element for an additional, you know, nine or 10 hours a week. And that just drains you even more. That, right. Oh dude. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that kind of helped me discover that that was not for me was that self-reflection and learning about introverted people and extroverted people and how when you're an introverted person and you do extroverted things, it can drain somebody. It can drain you. But when you're an introverted and you do introverted things, it can actually energize you. And so that was kind of a concept that I had was learning at the same time all of this was happening. And um, it's very, very interesting, very interesting how something as simple as that, you know, can take such a huge toll on your mental and physical energy. But then it's nice now that you can just lock yourself in the shop, start working on platforms and re-energize yourself. Absolutely. It doesn't even feel like work anymore. Honestly, I'll do, I'll put in 12, sometimes 15 hours a day and it just doesn't feel like 12 or 15 hours right. of grinding and, and, you know, Oh, this is so hard. And it's just, it's fun. But then it's nice. Cause like you said, it could be a Tuesday at noon and you're like, Hey kids, we're going to the pool. We're going to the zoo and you don't even yep. have to feel guilty. Yep. 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 And I can, I can put the kids to bed and get back out there and keep working, you know? And that's something that, that, that I like because it's, I can run my, it's, it's like, I can run my business on my terms. Mm-hmm. And You're not listening to the man. You are yeah, the man. Exactly. 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 So, so yeah, that's awesome. I saw that you used to work in an automotive shop and you finally just made that jump to make executive fit your full-time job. So what kind of went into that and how did your family react to you making that decision? Um, well, I'll say with the family reacting to that decision, I mean, my oldest, my oldest is going to be in second grade. She's seven. So there's really not much awareness from the kids other than, Oh, dad's going to be here more. Um, but for my wife, I mean, when I came home with the news of like, Hey, uh, I put my two weeks in today. Um, it was like, are you sure we can do this? And I mean, my response has always been like, gonna have to, um, you know, we had made some, big financial decisions earlier on with the business, uh, with upgrading, um, upgrading the CNC machine to a, a larger, a larger footprint machine to be able to handle more work, be able to handle larger work, um, and just be able to put out a better quality product. And when we made that decision, it was kind of the same feeling that we had was this is nervous. Um, you know, this makes me nervous, but it feels right. And it's just part of, running a business and, and scaling a business to be, to be bigger is making that uncomfortable leap. And so when the opportunity was brought to me that now would be a good time to leave, um, it was just, I kind of just looked at it as shit or get off the pot. Um, you know, like you've been, you've been doing this for two, three years now and financially, you know, it hasn't really gotten to the point where, I feel a hundred percent comfortable paying all the bills, but, um, you know, now's the time and let's make it happen. So it was very nerve wracking for both of us initially, but I can't even imagine. 
time. <laughs> it was very exciting at the same time because I felt like I had direction, not only with the business, but with my life. Um, and I feel like as cliched as it may sound or as weird as it may sound, I feel like I'm doing God's work because this is putting me in a position to be able to help people in a way that I've never been able to. Um, it's being, it's putting me in a position to be able to raise my kids in a way I never would have been able to working a job. Um, it's putting us in a position to be able to homeschool our kids, uh, which is something I don't know if we would really have been able to do if I was still working a job. Uh, so there's, a huge amount of blessings that I think we've gotten already just from making the jump a few months ago. And, um, I think we both see that at this point, you know, it's, it's pretty comfortable. Um, mm. we're, we're getting used to the difference in, Hey, Friday's payday. We can go do this, that, and the other thing. And all right, we need to budget because we have X and, you know, we're figuring life out. Yeah, I can't even imagine if I went up to my wife right now and says, hey, I'm quitting the fire department. I'm starting Primal Armor full time. <laughs> well, I mean, I think what really helped was like actually taking a look at the financials and going, yeah, I think we could swing this. I think we could swing this. And having that feeling of, I think we could make it work definitely made it easier to walk away. Um, if I knew in my heart, when I was walking away that there was no way the bills were going to be paid. It would have been a much different conversation. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, how many projects do you average at a time right now? God, I know that probably fluctuates a little that? bit, but. I mean, it depends. I got five up here in my office right now that are finalized with designs. Um, and ready to actually get started on, on, on doing the epoxy work for, but it really depends. Um, before it was only a handful of projects. I would have like a decent sized waiting list. Um, you know, three, maybe four people who, Hey, like I can, I can do this job for you, but I'm not going to be able to start it until I finish this, which might be X date. Mm -hmm. Um, but now with it being full time, I'm kind of still feeling that out in terms of, how much work I can take on without having unreasonable turnaround times. Um, and most, for the most part, people do understand with like crazy designs. I just have to explain a little bit of what goes into it. And they're like, okay, I get it. It's going to take a little bit. Um, but with epoxy and the nature of epoxy being that you do one color and you have to wait 24 hours, mm -hmm. 16 hours, if you really push it to be able to cut back into that color to do another color, um, that kind of gives you a, a lot of time where you can get this one cut here. We have an epoxy. All right. Now I have all this time while I'm waiting for that to dry. I can start on this over here. And then it just becomes a juggling act of like keeping things moving, right? Like, you know, you pull on this job, you get the initial color cut, you get it filled. And then you start on other stuff, which you're constantly like, what's over here curing? When is that going to be ready? So I can get this to a point to come back to this. And it's just a, a lot of kind of back and forth, really. Um, but I don't know. I would say we probably average between five and 10 projects at once. That's a pretty good number. Yeah. I know a lot of the times when I see your videos and stuff, you have projects everywhere. They're even <laughs> starting to creep into the house now. 
So yeah, is there yeah, ever going to be a time where you're going to think about expanding into a, like an actual executive fit shop? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the plan. Um, hopefully by the end of this year to start moving forward with that right now, we're I'm operating with probably 750 to 850 square feet. Um, and what we've, what I've been able to scale the business to with just that square footage Um you know, if we can double that or if we can get to 2000 square feet, um, that's kind of the first step that I'd like to make is a 2000 square foot area. Um, and that being said, we could do something that size on our current property. And so that's kind of the direction that we're leaning is let's put a pole barn up and make that dedicated to the business. Because if, and when we move in the future, Obviously, having a pole barn on your property is a super attractive thing, especially around where we are. Um, You know, just for storage or or even like a pole barn gym, that would be sweet. So um, that's kind of the next step. Hopefully this year we'll be able to start pulling the trigger on it. I was saying six months ago that I was hoping to leave my job like winter time this year. And that happened months early. So, I mean, you never know. Right. We'll kind of see what happens, but that is the plan. I'd like to scale into a bigger facility um, or a facility, I guess you could say, and get everything out of the attached shop and and the basement. Um, And then I like to pull some people on. I like to train some people, um, you know, teach people like what I know about epoxy. I want to, I want to find some young people who uh, are kind of like, willing to learn and maybe mm-hmm. don't know exactly what they want to do, but, but are willing to learn and, um, and see if I can train somebody to do this better than me. You know, I mean, I don't ever want to stop doing it, but like, I'm wondering if I can show somebody the ropes and bring in some fresh minds eventually and see if they can figure stuff out in ways that I couldn't or ways or see things in ways that I didn't see things. So, Right. They might be um, able to help of, branch out in a way that you never even thought of before. Exactly. 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 So that's kind of the direction of where my head's at with the business is, um, you know, bringing on some people to, to teach them what it is that we do and, and kind of just go from there. That's awesome. So yeah, going back to the pole barn, that'll be a great place to store all your kids power wheels now. So you don't have the township on you. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. They, um, so I, I found out who reported me. It was, it was a township administrator who works in a township building and drove by and didn't like the way the house looked. And so my conversation with the zoning officer was, you know, listen, can you send me documentation showing that like kids toys need to be put away because I've never heard of that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, we can't really, I can't really do anything about that because, um, you know, there, there is no documentation for that, but, um, they had, uh, he just wanted to express to me, the zoning officer did want to express to me what this person was actually complaining about so that I would understand. Um, needless to say, I think there are even more toys out in the driveway now, just because that's the type of person I am. It's right. Like, when you <laughs> made that story, I was dying. I was laughing so hard. I'm and, glad. I'm glad it was amusing. And just like with the nature of primal armor, like me and my wife, we have a donation fund that mm-hmm. kind of matches and we donate at the end of the year, everything that we make. 
That's but awesome. I, I wanted to put in part of that donation some Power Wheels to send out to you. <laughs> you just kind of <laughs> give it to the man and really show that township what's up. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, that would be so funny. Because I'm also that type of person. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, listen. And, like, the issue that I took with it was not with a legitimate complaint. Um, mm -hmm. They had complained about business products being on the front and side of the house, which was the case. I have this forklift that I use to load pallets that I just leave in the front of the house. I didn't want to try to put it in the garage every night and it's fine to sit outside. And um, so I get that, you know, and now it's put away so that it's in the garage. The garage is always open, but it's in the garage. And um, I just moved some of the other stuff around back. I get it. But, you know, as soon as you complain about kids toys, it's like, well, yeah, now like, I'm coming in the house to figure out how many kids toys I got and where can I place them in my lawn? My exactly. wife is telling me to knock it off. But that's making me want to do it even more because I'm just oh, that dude. type of person. My wife was in the same boat as me. She was when she heard about the complaint. I was reading the letter, and she goes, oh, "Okay, well, yeah, well, the 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 business products, okay, whatever." But the kids' toys, and she just went off. She said, "Are you having kids' toys? Are you serious?" So yeah, she was on the same page with me. It's like let's put more toys in the driveway. Oh yeah, that's definitely how I would have been. <laughs> so for executive fit. I know how I kind of got in contact with you is you actually commented on one of my Reddit posts of my yeah. rack. And you said that would look yeah. great with a great with a deadlift platform. But, and then way back in the day, you said you just started posting things on Facebook marketplace and that's how, mm -hmm. kind of how you did it for a year. Mm -hmm. How do most of your people kind of get in contact with you now? Are you kind of reaching out like you did for me and finding customers or are they find you on the website or they find you on social media? Yeah. Yeah. So typically when things get a little slow for me, that's kind of what I'll do is I'll start browsing through Reddit and, and Instagram and Facebook and I'll start commenting and just kind of like, I'll leave little hints here and there. Um, but as of late, I haven't really been able to do much of that. Um, most people are finding me on Instagram to answer your question, you know, straightforward. Most people are finding me on Instagram and I think it's because, I've gotten really good with Instagram in terms of being consistent in terms of kind of telling a story. Um, you know, I kind of use my story on Instagram as like a day in the life. Typically on, on any given day, if you were to open up my story, it's probably something that I'm doing related to the business. Um, and then I've gotten pretty good at Instagram reels, which has become super incredibly popular mm -hmm. like tiktok and so i think that's i think that's the main reason for why people find me pretty much exclusively on instagram um is from because i'm good with that um but like i said as of late i have not really been able to do much outside of that um that's a good thing though because that means you're busy yeah, yeah, yeah definitely a good problem um, so I'm kind of at the point where that's going to start to get outsourced, at least, uh, having people manage advertising on other platforms for me. Mm -hmm. Um, just so that's one less thing to think about because it's obviously effective. I mean, we met each other that way and, right. you know, I would not have been introduced to you or primal armor, which is something that I can really get behind. Um, you know, if I hadn't 
initiated that that context. So there's definitely something to say about like organic reaching directly reaching mm-hmm. out like that. So it's definitely not something I'll ever want to stop doing. But um but yeah, for the most part it's it's Instagram that people end up coming across my my page there. But I think that's just because of the strength of the following and and my ability to use the platform. Right. I mean, that's where I see most of your stuff and that's how we communicate most of the time for a lot of the yep, business yep. stuff that we do together. Yeah, yeah. But I'm real glad that you reached out to me and then we were able to brainstorm a a, a nameplate for my rack. Definitely. And, Definitely. And now I see those are finally on the website. Yeah, yeah. It was something that I had wanted to get started on, but again, was like too busy to justify doing something like blocking out the time to do it for myself. Um, and so it was like, well, you know, I'll just kind of figure it out as it, as it goes, which has kind of been like the entirety of my business Mm -hmm. was just like, figure it out. We'll figure something out, you know, we'll make it happen. So, um, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we were introduced because I I can really get behind what you're doing with primal armor. And I think it's going to be a, a, I think it's going to be a big thing. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm working every day just like you are trying to branch this thing out. So there's some things in the works right now where I'm pretty excited where we could be going. But kind of on the topic of where we're going is like you started rack plaques. I've seen you start doing barbell storage and stuff like that on top of your deadlift platforms. Is there anything else that's kind of on the radar or anything you're branching off into? Um, Yeah, well, we just I just finished that kind of heavy duty wall control, I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know wall control has been pretty big in the garage gym scene and, but you can't, you can't hang anything heavy duty off of it. So I had a customer ask me, you know, I want to hang this heavy duty stuff. And I was like, this is, this is a perfect idea. Just basically wall control, but scale it up bigger dowels and, and heavier duty backer board so that it's something that can be um, you know, that you can actually store like rack attachments on stuff that has a significant amount of weight to it. And so that'll probably end up being something, um, you never know. I mean, I just kind of take things as it comes aside from that right now, really the only, there's really not much, much else on my mind. Uh, but it, it doesn't take much, you know, like one little thing I'll see on the internet or I'll see in somebody's gym and be like, you know, I could make that better or, or that'll spark an idea for, for a different type of product or something. So I don't really stress too much about that. Um, cause I'll drive myself crazy trying to stress right. about that, but, but yeah, I think you'll probably end up seeing that heavy duty wall control, um, end up on the website. Cause the possibilities for that are absolutely endless. I'm going to throw something in, in your brain that you can stew on for a little bit. Something I've been thinking about, but I'm also thinking we could, do something custom again and mm-hmm. might intrigue you. So I've been thinking about doing a little rock climbing wall in my garage for my daughter. So she has got something to play with when I'm out there. I like it. Well, I was thinking about just doing like some plexiglass and then, you know, like how little kids that climb up their uh, playground sets and stuff, they have those like little plastic rocks. I was thinking about just right. drilling those in the plexiglass, mm-hmm. but just with like deadlift platforms, people beat the hell out of those things and epoxy's holding up. I'm wondering if we can do custom, like a custom size, custom built rock climbing wall that I could lag bolt to the wall. 
That'd be interesting. Right. It's I don't know exactly how it'd work off the top of my brain right now, but yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. Is that something to for you to ponder on and think about? It's definitely definitely a possibility for sure. For right. Sure. And then we'll have to, we'll have to brainstorm some details. Right. And then if you threw that out there on your social media, that really catching people's attention. Like, what the hell is that thing? And why is it in yeah. a garage gym? Right. <laughs> right exactly exactly because i feel like that's what's really getting people's eyes now is everyone's doing the same mm -hmm. three by three one inch racks they're doing right. a lot of the same stuff but when you start seeing like one-off ideas people are like wait what what was that yeah yep yep exactly so yeah i just wanted to throw that in the back of your head because i know that's something i've been pondering on for a little bit and okay. especially now with primal armor being very fitness and fatherhood based mm -hmm. i'm really just focusing on what I can do to help my daughter grow up and have a good childhood. So right. I'm like, oh man, rock climbing wall. That's a perfect way to get her out there. Keep her fit. Yep. Build some confidence too. Exactly. Yep. I like it. Cool. But that's all the questions I got for you for today. Is there anything before we end the show that you would want to ask me or you had in the back of your head? Where do you see primal armor in the next five years? In the next five years, I see us definitely still with the podcast. I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard thing just focusing on a new topic every single week. But I kind of like that challenge. I don't know exactly where we'll be for growth wise, but I want to start our own website, have some merch that we can sell. And I actually want to start having a product that we can give out to people whether that's starting off with some apparel, some hats and stuff like that, that kind of just support the mission. But I don't think this will ever be a full-time anything. Cause like I said before, and I told you that Primal Armor is just a nonprofit business. Everything that we make gets donated to Huntington's disease. So mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of more ideas out there to just try to get some revenue that I can donate. And okay. hopefully I can get out there and even partner with, other people who do the same thing because there are a lot of people out there who do things with Huntington's disease. So just branching out there and I'm just trying to trying to build my name as big as it can go. Mm -hmm. Like I know one of the big things is uh, garage gym competition. You know them. Mm -hmm. yep. I reached yep. out to them in the past few weeks and we're working on something that I can do to sponsor the show, whether that's, yep. that's how I start apparel hats, mugs, stuff like that. But right. I know a lot of garage gym people don't care for that. They want an actual product for the gym. Right, right. So I've even thought about just helping him with his mission, donating some of my money, because I know he works and then also does that on the side. Mm -hmm. So just branching out to good people, working with good people. And I believe that when you're a good person, good things come to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to connect with people like that and grow my name out there and just try to fulfill my mission to the biggest extent that I can. Right. I like it. Well, I'll say this. When I started building platforms, I swore up and down. There's no way there's a big enough market for this that I'm going to do it full time. I hate those words. Right. But those are some <laughs> so, good words to eat. You never know, man. You know, you never know. You never know where life's going to take you and exactly what you said. When you're a good person and you you really try and do good in the world, I believe that comes back around. And that's why I cannot even tell you enough how much I appreciate you helping me with Primal Armor and the mission that we're on. Like from the bottom of my heart, 
I can't thank you enough. Thank this you, is man. Just, the mission is so, means so much to me. And that's why I work so hard at this every day. Like I was telling you earlier, I work sometimes 48 hour shifts. I come yeah. home for one day. So I get one day home with my daughter before I sometimes go work 48 hours again. So I have a yep. little, little bit of time to myself, but whatever little time I do got to myself, I'm pouring into this because that's how much that mission means to me. Yep. Yep. Dude, I'm glad to be part of it. And thank you for, you know, kind of bringing me on, uh, on the podcast and, and having me be part of the, the primal armor experience. Um, I'm really excited for, for the future. I am too. And I'm really excited that you're on board and part of the primal armor family. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. I'll let you go so you can get back to working on some platforms and I'll get the editing on this podcast so we can get it up for everyone. Sounds good, man. You take care and you have a good day. All right, you too, brother. Are you looking for the ultimate home gym setup? Upgrade to Surplus Strength. Surplus Strength provides custom gym spaces, universal pulley systems, and other gym attachments for your home gym. Visit surplusstrength.com today. I just want to thank you for listening to today's podcast, and we'll see you back here again next week.